I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. A new quarter brings new goals, but what about your skincare goals? Small, easy changes in your routine can have amazing results, and your secret weapon should be Dime Beauty. Dime Beauty is clean, high-end skincare that is affordable, and it really works. Dime didn't sacrifice performance just to make it clean, either. And when I say clean, Dime is 100% transparent about every single ingredient, so you can use their products daily with confidence. I have been using Dime Beauty's TBT Cream and their Dewy Daily Cream. TBT Cream is a retinol alternative that I put on at night before I go to bed, and it's actually been making my skin look glowy and snatched, if I do say so myself. I've noticed that, and I think our listeners have noticed too, because I've been picking up on a bunch of TikTok comments that have been like, you're glowing recently. So hats off to Dime. No one has time to remember the order of a 10-step skincare routine. The work system from Dime Beauty has everything you need in one powerful package. It includes a gentle cleanser, a toner, two incredible serums, and two luxurious moisturizers. Plus, my favorite, Dime's TBT cream is finally back in stock. Check that out while you're there. Dime has over 2 million happy customers, and their product reviews are literally all five stars. This year, love your skin again. Go to DimeBeautyCO.com now and unlock your discount. That's DimeBeautyCO.com. Buongiorno, Ricardo. Buongiorno. Buongiorno, Lars Maria. Lars <laughs> Maria. Come stai? Come stai? Oh my God, your Italiano is getting good. Uh, my Italian is truly on point. All I do now when I'm stressed is I head on over to Duolingo and just learn more Italian. And now, thank, shout out to the reader who hooked me up with a Duolingo Plus account. Because grazie, it has taken, grazie, it has taken my Italian to a whole new, new realm. Such great heights. Yeah, and now I'm fully like I'm in. You it. are. You are in like. You are a Sicilian woman. Mm-hmm. 
in like 1920. I'm just like scrubbing the floors. Oh! I'm kind of squat, very Uh fat, but I make a mean pasta. I always peel the onions. You're peeling green beans in a chair and some dust, like sitting on some dust. I'm a Sicilian widow. Uh Uh-huh. My husband, long gone. And now I sit in the dust outside of the shack and peel beans. He, and I make some food that the local villagers come by and we, they give, we trade. We make trades. You, your husband passed away in the war and you're, mm-hmm. you've been in mourning for like three decades. Yeah. I wear like a black veil every day. No one has it, seen my face truly without my veil for years. Didn't they like expect women to just like never get married again? Yeah, I'm like learning about Italian culture, which I say very lightly because truly my only like teachings of Italian culture have come from The Sopranos, Real Housewives of New Jersey, and my brilliant friend. So I'm basing it on just what I've learned from those three shows is that women are extremely oppressed. Yeah. Extremely oppressed. And they are expected to... Real surprise there! (laughs) ...serve the men. It's like real Madonna whore stuff. They are there to serve. They are... Like, education was not widely available to them as, like, a resource. Like, it's very much... There's a lot of oppressive things. I mean, I'm... Yeah. You know, I think... I'm Irish, and... I think there's some similar elements of that in Irish culture. Yeah. I think I it's think just Catholic. Mm-hmm. It's main, but, I, but I also think specifically very Catholic, Catholic-centric cultures are very, very well-versed in like Madonna horror and um, women being, you know, subservient. and. Yeah, also like the... The messaging around sex, I think, is so damaging, especially in that religion. I mean, also in just, like, secular Christianity or whatever. No, Catholic (laughs) Don't get me wrong. Southern Baptists Baptists don't do a great job of it either. But, like, with Catholic, I mean, there is something sexy about Catholicism. But it's also just, like, filled with, like, shame and molestation. It's filled... (laughs) Yeah, it's filled with uh, molester priests. And there's a lot of shame. There's a lot of um, suffering. Even, like, genuflecting, like, on a pew is, like, mate, your mate... Like, your knees are supposed to hurt. Like, you're supposed to, like, suffer like Jesus did. Yeah. I just don't subscribe um, to a suffer religion. Speaking of things that are anti-suffer, can I give a shout out for a show for everyone to watch? Yeah. Um, it's a show on BBC. It's on Hulu. It was on BBC in 2013. It's called In the Flesh. It's so mm-hmm. good. Because you know how I've been on like a zombie journey? Yeah. It's like a, it's like a kind of like almost like a six feet under-esque show about a world where zombies have been like turned back into like you know they've been like domesticated basically and they're like they give they're like kind of humans but they're just undead 
Like mm-hmm. they so they get their personalities back and they're not violent anymore if they take this medication. Oh, that's and it's in it's set in England and it's about this kid who's like nineteen who's a zombie who goes back to live with his family and he's gay and like it's just it's so good. It's really, really, really good. It's funny, it's sad, it's beautiful. The acting's incredible. It has like a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Cool. Yeah. It's I'm great. Check that out. I'm checking this out. I'm checking this out. I recently watched Dave. Oh, with um Lil with Lil Dicky, and I I truly I loved it. I was like so resistant to this show. I like saw billboards. I was like, Bleh. I didn't even know what it was, but I was just like peeved. I was like a hater about it. And then somehow I found like I had never had heard of Lil Dicky before. I didn't like know that that was a thing. Then I got into like some K hole on Instagram where then I was like, Oh, this is a show about like this guy. And then I watched like the pilot and then within a day, like binge the entire thing. It's very watchable. It's like a fun show. I was like laughing out loud at certain parts or some also some like really moving, like well-written episodes. Like it's a really well done show. Yeah. I, um, I think, Karen Kilgariff recommended it to me. So I trust her and you. So, so that guess it's time. Um, Did you watch Hollywood? I'm, the I'm, Ryan Murphy I think show? I'm, I'm going to write today, but I think I might like have it on while I'm writing a little, like kind of as background noise. Is it yeah. good? It's really good and then i think it gets like really bad by the end yeah is it it's a limited series or is it supposed to like be coming back did you watch the whole season yeah i watched the whole season i don't know if it's coming back i mean the story i heard it's kind of watered down like this there's not much gay sex in it there was a good amount of gay sex in it i thought there was good like gay representation like it felt very I mean, gay a, to me. That whole story of that that Scott, what's his name? Scott. Um, he was real. He was like a pimp at that yeah. gas station. That yeah. There's a whole documentary about him. Yeah. He was like, he he returned to Twitter shortly before his death, like a year, because he was promoting some book, and he would just tweet the wildest shit. What would he, he would tweet? tweet? A, he was tweeting like the filthiest shit. I loved it. He was just like, oh my God. hey, babies, I just passed my favorite number. 999 more to go until I get it again. 60, hashtag 69. <laughs> he was like 84. <laughs> he was just a horned up dude. And if you're looking for a good documentary, uh, just Google Scotty Bowers documentary and then you'll find this documentary. And that's a good entree into Ryan Murphy's Hollywood. And then I would just say, watch. Because I thought I thought Hollywood was like a series. I didn't know it was like a limited series. So I was excited to like have this be a world that we got to like explore. But then yeah. it definitely like I thought it was nice. It was like nice that it gets all. It's like Hollywood in the 1940s and mm-hmm. all the like crazy like studio shit like the homophobia the racism that was all going on during that era but then by the end of the series it's like all wrapped up in like a pretty little bow and like everything's fixed 
And it's just like, I wow, love that. Fix Hollywood. And I was like, wait, what? And there's I was still loving, this... I wanted like seedy Hollywood evil drama. Yeah. And then I thought we were going to get just like eight seasons of that. And I was ready. Yeah. I would have loved just like an ongoing, like just shady goings on behind the scenes of the studios. That would have been like, you could just go forever with that. Cause it never, it never ends. It never ends. And like, it was, that was to me was the most intriguing part of it all. It's like, wow. Yeah. Like we've been like, this whole system has been programmed in such a way for so long, like that you start to put together, like you just start realizing stuff as Kylie would say. And then it was like, it took a turn and it like took a fantasy kind of turn. And then I was like, okay, that's cool, I guess. But also damn, nothing like Hollywood is still extremely racist, extremely homophobic extremely yeah. misogynistic i guess this is positing like what would have happened if yeah we were like more inclusive back in the day which is like cool but also we weren't so yeah oh he tweeted i used to bring merle oberon cum for her to use as a facial treatment she said it was the key to her pretty skin later on she wanted it straight from the source dot 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 <laughs> he was so I love horned up people that just like are truly genuinely horny on Twitter. I love how people are just on Twitter, like getting fisted. Oh yeah. It's great. People Twitter. That's why Twitter is great. Cause it's just like, doesn't, doesn't hold back. Oh, <laughs> he tweeted me on my way to Arclight cinemas with a carload of guys. Reminds me of when I used to go to Cole Porter's with 15 Marines. Hashtag gangbang. <laughs> he was cute when he was younger. Scotty, yeah. Um, yeah, no. Oh, okay. There's also there's a gay guy on on Twitter who he's middle aged or older, and he his name is Robert. He's like become like legendary, and he tweets like <laughs> he'll troll kind of like thirst trappy gay Twitters who are like you know late to the God late to the gym, and it's like them like or like bussy showing basically <laughs> and he'll tweet like what about this is redeemable or he'll be like he's like some older gay guy and he's like uh could you say the same thing about your character like he's just always like going in on these people <laughs> it's like they'll still tweet some like inane thirst trap caption and he'll write like you know this picture's compensating for your lack of character wow a read (laughs) (laughs) it's wild wait i have to read you some of his tweets can i do that yeah yeah read me tell me a story bottom someone tweeted bottom representation matters and it's just like this shirtless guy Mm -hmm. and he wrote they don't need you to to advocate for them they actually don't. I was like, I feel like I see lots of bottoms and they get a lot of representation. <laughs> whether I like it or not. Someone wrote, does anyone actually like Nancy Pelosi? He wrote, no. <laughs> Someone wrote, should I shave or nah? And it's just like... Oh, what did he, he wrote, say? 
Will the earth stop turning? The seasons stop changing? The destiny of humanity permanently altered? Perhaps you thought so in your temple of vanity. Oh, wait, I'm a need to smash the follow. What's his what's his Twitter? Uh Robert two oh two zero seven eight nine two five five. Someone wrote, Survived my first ten K run in a while. It's like <laughs> And he wrote what does this accomplishment have to do with the irrelevant photo attached? Can't you rely on the statement to attract praise rather than defaulting to vanity? Wow. Robert. Someone wrote, I'm bored with all these pictures. And you wrote, so are we, of mindless <laughs> photo sets posted here that give you that brief hit of dopamine, like a helpless crack addict. Oh, my God. Robert is waging a one-man war. Dumb and lonely with the plant next to him. And he wrote, yes, you both, you look both of those things. As well as vacant and shallow. Do not neglect your plant. <laughs> he loves plants. Yeah. He had said, good morning. Mint flourishing in the Des Moines sunshine with a picture of his mint flourishing. I love a plant gay. I know. In general, I find this website quite disgusting. <laughs> that is, he's unbelievable. Anyway, sorry. Wow. Wow. Um, also, another... Oh, Grimes and Elon Musk had their baby. Oh, yeah. They had a baby, and they named their son... What did they name their son, Carrie? Tattle- X? <laughs> Tattletail. <Daddy>. Tattletail <laughs> on them. No. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not- kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That was I a am joke. A, oh my god, I'm a tattletale! <laughs> I really wasn't a tattletale when I was a kid, though. No, you're not. I was always like, snitches get stitches. Snitches get stitches. I was, was a tattletale. I was a tattletale up until I feel like six years ago. I, I mean, I have tattled. Someone, I remember one time someone went, Carrie, no one loves a tattletale. No one loves a tattletale, but online, you can really tattletale and get a lot of praise and good feedback. Mm-hmm. It's great. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I was always, I was a fucking narc. But I mean, then everyone, we've all been a narc at some we've point. Are, we've all narked out. Um, they named their child XAEA-12, according to Elon Musk. How so do you could pronounce be a, that? That could be a joke. But I believe it. That has to be a joke. He also like just sold his houses. All of them? Two of his house two of his LA homes he sold. Huh. Because he he tweeted, Grimes is mad at me, and then he tweeted, I'm selling all my possessions. <laughs> Someone like had a funny Instagram where they were like, This is the how like the that like fuck boy you met in art school breaks up with you. And then yeah. it was a tweet of him saying, I'm selling all my possessions. <laughs> uh, he, um, yeah, I mean, good luck to that baby. I think they'll have a good life. Uh, yeah. I mean, what I love about Elon Musk is that he has lots of babies. Oh, he loves his sperm. He loves his sperm and loves to procreate. And I think the good news about having a baby with a billionaire is that you're just like set. It's going to be fine financially. 
yeah, like bad a, part might be that they're crazy and like not really in your kid's life that much. But, but you make up for it with money. Yeah. You buy him a new daddy or mommy. Yeah, he you you know that he's like my cum is his cum to him he is like He wants to spread his seed. He wants to just he doesn't like to father but he loves to seed. Mhm. Like he doesn't like to actually like nurture but he loves to father. Yeah. He's like I will like <laughs> He will father and then he loves to breed, spread his seed and then like nurture probably in a financial form, which is kind of cool, but also like just typical like I mean, he he probably has like like, vials of he he probably has his cum like I mean, do you think he has like fridges just these like high tech fridges full of his cum? He's definitely frozen his cum. Like he probably it's like it's like in those virology labs when they have viruses in those frozen like cryogenic things. He has mm-hmm. like his cum. His oh yeah. Cum is, and it's he's like frozen his cum for sure. Yeah. He's like I will give you my cum. He's like he's like you get to have my cum. That's how he looks at like you have some of my cum and you get some of my cum and you get some of my cum. Like he's I feel like he's definitely said to his you know he has he had like seven kids with one woman i think yeah i think he was married to a woman then they got divorced but then they got back together which i love when that happens with people i think that that's great yeah but he's like you will he's like how lucky for you that you get to have my seed (laughs) my this is disgusting i'm sorry everyone this has become a cum cast. He has six. I'm sorry. Kids. So that's actually not that much cum. Oh. A lot of kids. The sun. If you haven't turned name... it off by now, God bless you. <laughs> the sun's really, name. What? We've really veered off course. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to take us there. You didn't take us there. It was a it was a two way street. We both went down it. Yeah. What? Sorry. What were you saying? Um. No, I didn't realize that it was like, I thought it was X A E, like just the letters, but it's like the A E combined. X A. X A E A. Twelve Musk. X A E. Wow. Okay, I love an A E combined. It's a, one of my favorite combinations. Really? Yeah. A fairy. I love it when the, it's A E. Oh, combined. I love a fairy. A fairy. fairy. Yeah. The I'm reading about Xade. Wow. The thing about it is like I didn't realize until Elon Musk started dating like Amber Heard what a fame whore he is and like how much he like loves attention. Yeah, I mean all and I guess stunts. I didn't know that about Grimes either. Like, I never thought of her really that way. But then together, they really are, like, they court the attention and, like, love the celebrity of it all. Grimes Grimes is, she likes, she likes famous people. Yeah. She's low. I, I think she was, she was, she did it in the more, like, kind of way that appeared punk. And like she is punk in a lot of ways, but I think she likes 
she likes celebrity and she likes she likes what Elon has I think I don't know. I think she liked the it seemed like she was into the kind of salaciousness of of their union at first when everyone was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. I mean, you don't premiere as a couple at the Met Ball if you're not like desperate for attention. Yeah. I was actually so happy that there was no Met Ball this year. I know. That was a real load off. Like, that was actually a gift to all of us that we didn't have to, like, go through that again. Yeah. We didn't have to see, like... We have to see everyone's stupid outfits. Stupid outfits. They're thanking whoever designer... Yeah. We get, like... bit of a cultural reset and then we can like revisit next year when everyone has a chance to like really think about what's important and what they're going to bring to the table we got to we got i'm i'm glad that people yesterday were i tweeted about i said i did like a homage to carly claus's looking camp right in the eye i mean i felt it on last week's episode i saw like people really that resonated with the culture. But, a, but a lot of people were going it. It felt like I was happy that a lot of people were talking about looking camp right in the eye. Looking camp right in the eye. Looking camp right in the eye. Yeah. And I my my biggest pet peeve was watch was hearing like the next day people celebrities posting like, Ugh, Met Ball hangover. Yeah, it's just like all the Met Ball content is just like a parade to of me less about fashion of, and more just about like sucking we, your own yeah sucking your own dick and then being like we're like we're in the party and you're not part of it which is yeah. obviously like a draw of fashion and like a part of fashion that mm. makes it so like special but the most special part about fashion to me is like seeing the actual incredible fashions that people do and like moments and yeah, it's, the Met Ball it's, is just like Coachella. Like it's like Coachella. It's like a meaningless moment. We're we're at the club and you're not. We're at the we're we're at the boom boom room. We're at the party. Party. We were invited <laughs> to the party. That's how we're talking from now on. We're talking an XAEA twelve language, which is just they, Canterbury Tales. <laughs> they, they, Grimes named her child the Canterbury Tales. That's what I'm naming my child, Canterbury. They spell party. Party. Met Gaela. Met Gaela. We went to the Met Gaela. It's just yeah. Gaelic. Is that Gaelic? <coughs> Canterbury Tales is like old English. Yeah. Ye old English. Canterbury Tales is like people uh, walked from one place to another. That's what I remember about. <laughs> <laughs> That's my summary of Canterbury Tales. I, Canterbury Tales should be a Met Gala theme. I could think of like several hundred Met Gala themes that would be great themes. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, can you imagine what is next year gonna be some fucking like quarantine thing? Don't even say it. Don't even put it out there. It should not be that. <laughs> it's gonna be like quarantine. Quarantine through the ages. 
<laughs> oh my god is it gonna be like venetian death mask thing or like like doctor is it gonna do like beak mask shit i don't want to be... be that's already been done are they also, gonna do this, this year's was like so vague what was it, was it? Like, um it was like fashion time and time again or something like that duration and whatever like it was like just vague like get specific get specific and then adhere to the theme do the research all you have to do is google like google it and read a wikipedia and then talk to someone just take it to the internet and go to (laughs) google type in type in yeah just do like a just be like literally just do like halloween (laughs) that's your met gala theme all hallows eve Hallows Eve, Devil's Night, or like do like pay do like pagan or like just some fucking concrete yeah. cool theme. Met Gala theme should be like Feast of the Ages, and then all like kind of food and feasts. Yes, like Katy Perry can dress up like a turkey leg. Oh my god, they should! <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. I would love like. Do a leap at a dress like a ham. Mm-hmm. A grand like a hun- feast. Yeah. A grand, and then yeah, they're they all just like, dressed like food. Yeah. That's like food themed, like kind of cupcakes or like mufool. Like <laughs> carrot. <laughs> Gaga should dress like one of... I want Gaga to dress like one of the, the chefs on the Swedish chefs. <laughs> oh! Yeah. It's like I want like a cook's. Too many cooks in the kitchen. That's the Met Ball. <laughs> <laughs> It's called the baker, the the candlestick maker, and it's just all. <laughs> it's called the baker's dozen. That's the baker's dozen. <laughs> it's just a bunch of sh- everyone just dressed like a chef, and they go, "Mamma mia, mamma mia!" It's called spaghetti. Uh, mia. It's we called- have too much spaghetti. Oh my god! Oh my god! The next Met Ball <laughs> should be cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Yes, uh, the Met at cloudy with a chance of meatball, and then Meat- it- meatball. <laughs> And it's just all these people walking in with chef hats and like little red aprons. Someone chefs, tosses chefs like a pizza different dough. chefs from around the world. Chefs from around the world, and there's someone tossing a pizza dough on the red carpet. <laughs> there's like a French chef. There's a chef from like Japan, like a sushi a sushi chef. Like, like the Met Gala doesn't even look fun. It doesn't no, look make like it a fun, fun place make to it, be. It looks stressful. And everyone's hungry. Everyone's so hungry and hot. Remember when Gwyneth went to the Met Ball and she wore like I think a pink, like a hot pink Valentino gown, and then every all these haters tried to spread rumors that she smelled bad. She probably did. She probably did, but like that's not her fault. No, you're you have like it's sweaty. It's hot. It's like so stressful to like get there and keep like from getting wrinkles and then like look beautiful and perfect on this huge red carpet. You have to walk up all these stairs. Then you go in. I'm sure they don't feed you enough food, and you're just like sitting around like waiting for it to be over. You're uncomfortable. I would if I I would have had someone bring like a Dove spray body spray thing just constantly spraying all night just like freshness oh i'd have botox in my armpits like a month before so there would be no sweat i'd botox my ass crack and armpits yeah i would i would botox 
my whole like yeah the region <laughs> yeah do you get sack botox yeah for sure ball sack botox mm-hmm. painful um, but worth it painful yes worth it absolutely priceless 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 <laughs> Baker, I just can't get over coats from around the world. <laughs> Too many coats in the kitchen. <laughs> ah! There's too many. Everyone's just wearing like little those Baker hats. I was a chef for Halloween once. I love that. I think I might be a chef a this hat. year for Halloween. Yeah. I saw. I was in Captiva Island when I was little, mm-hmm. and it's like a, it's like an island in the Gulf of Mex- Mexico, Florida, where you can like. Everyone just drives like golf carts around. It's very yeah. like resorty. And I saw a chef in a golf cart going to some restaurant, and he had a hat on. And I was like, <gasps> I was like five or six. I was so enthralled by his chef look. So I wanted to be a chef that year. So yeah. I was just a chef. Be a chef. The tall, the tall hat. I almost bought some chef pants, which I think I'm now going to do. As like a look. Uh yeah, they're like striped cot like a hundred percent cotton kind of like drawstring pants. I saw them like they were linked with some article on Vogue, and then I was like, wait, I think I need chef pants. Like this could be a real look for me. So I'm ready. And I'm also, I talk really a lot of shit that. about the Met Ball, but please invite me, Anna Wintour, if you're listening. Yeah, invite invite us. Yeah, let us we'll, come. We'll have a great time. We will actually, like, it would behoove you to have people like us there. Yeah. People love us. us. We're fun to hang out with. We're fun. Period. Fun, I'm flirty, sober. fabulous. Laura Jerry's doesn't really sober. drink. I'm not a big partier. We'll be, we'll be well-behaved. I'm... 5'11", so model yeah. ta- model height. You are. Just stick Laura in anything and she'll rock it. Yeah. You're going to have to make it like a size 8. It's not sample size, but... I want you to wear I want you to wear like 6-inch heels and just be like 6'6". Six, six. Mm-hmm. I want you to just like walk into the Met Ball wearing 6-inch. I would be inch. as tall as like a basketball player with I a 6-inch heel. Yeah. Just walk yeah. in like that. Up I those stairs. That is I, the most stressful thing I can imagine, but I would do it. Gaga did it. Ball. I would do it for too many chefs. Do it. I'd like to see it. Okay. Just step out of a car and just walk like on stilts, basically. Mm-hmm. Looking around, giving Tyra <laughs> model hunch. And I'll wear it. What, what can I wear? Like a... Would you wear like a suit? Would you wear like short? I could see you maybe in like a shorts. Like I'd a wear like suit a with shorts, but like yeah, like a Tom Brown look kind of. Mm-hmm. I'd make I'd make sure my knees were super, like buffed and moisturized. Knee, yeah, I'd be like knees. Mm-hmm. My look is you, knee. My I'm, it, that should be the the, the Matt Ball theme is knees. Knees. Oh, <laughs> that would require a little bit of laser, some Botox, <laughs> some microneedling. Knees. knees. Yeah. Micro needling. Micro needling. Metball team is legs, and I just am a whole leg up to the top of my head. Katy Perry dressed like a it's leg. Like, she dresses like two legs, but it just goes all the way up to the top of her head. You can't even see her face. It's just her, two legs. But when walking. she does, she reveals her face. She's like this in the crotch of the leg. With, with all pictures, her she has a wide open mouth, and she's like, oh. 
Yeah. <laughs> I've now just right. accepted. Okay, we gotta just get into we gotta, it. We gotta do it. We had veered. Sorry. In the okay. It's okay. It's okay. Derek Blazeberg said the Met Ball was the Christmas for people in fashion. So speaking of Christmas. Speaking of Christmas, it's Christmas in New Jersey. It's Christmas in North Jersey, baby. I love this OC Housewives like doot doot like very twinkling. Yeah. Really? Like they really went into like twinkle music in this episode. Jacqueline's getting her fake ass Christmas tree, which we my family has a fake Christmas tree, so I don't know why I said ass. She's getting her fake Christmas tree from her attic with her dad. And it kind of gave me like exorcist moments when Ellen Burstyn goes up to the attic. Mm-hmm. That's what I it's saw. Really? Yep. Surprisingly, her attic did not have a creepy vibe. No, it looked great. It looked like, I want to hang her. Yeah, it looks like a chill spot. I love Jacqueline's that her house dad, Jerry, is there. Yeah, Jacqueline's house is like super oversized leather couches and like huge pillows which i can really get down with and like massive and like wine glasses the size of a dog yeah everything is big the bigger the better at the lorita household yeah her sweet dad is helping her her parents are staying with them like through the month i guess and mm-hmm. jack's having a she's having a holiday cocktail with judice and gorga clans to reunite the judices and the gorgas she then we cut to Jacqueline, Ashley, and her dad are making like little paper chain, you know, streamers. And I fucking hate Ash- streamers. I do too. But Ashley's helping. Like she's just like gluing shit. And she says like she Jacqueline's talking about how she wants to help mend the ice between Teresa and Melissa and Joe Gorga. Mm-hmm. And Ashley goes, "You tend to care about people that could potentially backfire on you." Also, Ashley's spray tan has careened out of control lizzie grubman has, <laughs> has lizzie grubman has changed her and she is yeah. fully channeling paymon with a spray tan from the but neck love, up it's wild but I, I just love how much ashley and jacqueline get at each other oh ashley knows exactly what buttons to push and now i think she's stepped into her power she's like been empowered by getting a new car from Chris, yeah. even though yeah. she wasn't supposed to get the car. And now she's ready to just like wage a war on Jacqueline. Yeah. And so, so she's, she's like, like low key waging war. It's uh, masterful. Jacqueline's like, you know, I'm just trying to be a good friend. And then Ashley goes, Danielle, stop. <laughs> I had to say it. And then I you had hear, to and, say it. And you hear Jacqueline's dad go, oh God, don't say it. <laughs> And Jacqueline and Ashley's like, remember, like, you know, what ha- you were friends with Danielle and look where that got you. And then a- and then Jacqueline's like in her confessional, it's pretty rich that Ashley's calling me out for inserting herself in drama. And then you cut to Ashley ripping Danielle's <laughs> hair out of her head. If you turn the lights out and f- in the bathroom and say Danielle stop three times in the mirror... She will be revealed. You she can appears. invoke her. She's like Beetlejuice. You can invoke her anytime. She goes, she will be revealed tonight. She will be revealed tonight. It's, and I then don't... she goes, hello, Ikaro. <laughs> Danielle will literally just appear sitting in your living room. And just say, to, Ikaro. Like, yoga, and say, Ikaro, you called. 
Um, so Jacqueline and Ashley have like an uncomfortable conversation. Ashley goes, <laughs> okay, um, whatever. <laughs> and Jerry goes, it's not a time of year to fight. It's one of the most stressful times of the year. People spending money they don't have. And I just was like, here's a hack for everyone around Christmas time. The most stressful time of the year. Don't spend money. Just don't do it. It's don't totally okay to not buy Christmas presents for anyone. Don't yeah. feel weird about that. I've done that multiple years. I've in done a row it too. Where I just am like, I, I, I have, have no explanation. I have no money, and no one gets a present, and that's fine. Yeah, yeah just you can just be a good. A my good present son, is my a present. Good daughter, yeah. yeah, a good sister, brother. That's it. And don't like it's not shameful. And even if you do have money, if you don't feel like spending money and getting people presents, don't do it. Who cares? Get them a present yeah. a different time. Last year I went ham, but some years I have gotten nothing. Yeah, and that's totally fine. I, I didn't have any money. Give a gift on my own terms when I'm feeling generous than be told by like the Gregorian calendar when to give gifts. <laughs> so then we cut to Caroline is getting like a 20 foot Christmas tree for her insanely tall, great room. Mm-hmm. Her sons are helping. Greg is helping. Lauren feels she reveals like her B storyline in this episode, which is that she is excluded from Albie and Chris's lives. Now that they live in Hoboken, I wrote, they're doing you a favor. <laughs> Lauren says, <laughs> Lauren says that she would give Albie and Chris coal. And I wrote, I would give all of the Manzo kids coal. Yeah, they all get coal. I also wrote, Caroline has huge tits. She has big knockers. You don't realize it sometimes. And then in scenes like this, when she's wearing like a tightly fitting, like Victoria's Secret graphic tee, you're just like, damn. Season one, you you saw them a lot more. She had them out. Well, especially like like the reunions. She has big natural tatters. Big naturals. Yeah, I was very into (laughs) them. Mama Um, Manzo. Mama Manzo. And Caroline goes, Caroline goes, Lauren's in bitch mode. Stay out of the way. <laughs> also, Lauren has a cold this whole episode. Yeah, she's like she's suffering. very congested. She's fucking over it. <laughs> Albie is still so hurt by Vito dating Lauren. It's like very broke back energy. I'm like, what is wrong? Like, get the fuck over it. Why are goes, you so offended by this? He goes, he goes. The good thing about Greg is I don't have to worry about him dating Lauren. And then he goes, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, the the jokes about Greg being gay. Jo- and, like, buckle up. It's like all that Greg gets this entire episode is being like the gay butt of the joke. Yeah. I, it needs to stop because Greg is Greg's so funny. He's such a cutie. He's also just really funny, and I like when later when Lauren's crying and Greg's just like rolling his eyes. Yeah, he like can't take it. (laughs) And she goes, "Greg, stop! Stop rolling your eyes at me." He's like, "What? I'm not doing it." Also, I never realized that there was a full living room fresco painting on the wall. Yeah, they have crazy art in their house. That was like there's a cherub at one. There's cherubs everywhere. Uh, I would love someone to do a fresco somewhere in my apartment. Like, I would love to find a good fresco spot. Do ceiling. Yeah, I could do like a bedroom ceiling. 
I want to do like a like a starry like a. I want like the sky, the ceiling at like the Venetian or Caesar's Palace, like painted <laughs> up the ceiling with like where it's like at it's daytime. a permanent daytime. But then at night it turns to dusk. Mm-hmm. I love that. I yeah, love I want, like leftover style, like high drama. Uh huh. Fresco. I want like cherubs. Yeah. I want like Paris Casino. Mm-hmm. Paris is my favorite. The casino is my favorite. I love it at, at Vegas, and I want that ceiling on my. I've never ceiling. been to Paris <gasps> in Vegas. Oh, I love Paris. I love Paris. I Paris. There's like little like sh- there's like silhouettes of people and like the cutouts of people like in like the little shops and cafes and st- oh, I love it. <laughs> Your real Vegas head. I love it. Um. Santa's face is punched out and Caroline needs a new Santa. Yeah. They bring in like one of those like father time slash Santa. Mm-hmm. Um, Caroline's very upset. And at one point they go, it looks like some mice got to it in the garage. And Caroline goes, <laughs> she goes, it's a mouse. And, he, and then Albert goes, it's not a mouse. And then, and then Carolyn goes, then it's something bigger. It's a rat. <laughs> She's very shaken by how the Santas were destroyed. It's like something that keeps her up at night. I bet. Al- Albie goes, Albie goes, Lauren's a more, she's a more protective sister than we are brothers. I'm like, so she's a better sibling than you guys are. Is Lauren the oldest or the youngest? She's the second oldest. Oh, so she's the middle child. The only girl. Mm, that's I would not like to be in that position. It's tough. Melissa's getting her look on. She for says the music producers that are coming over. I'm ready to prove vocally that I'm ready to be a recording artist. So <laughs> she and I'm like, what does that even mean? Like, she has a hard time. Like owning the fact that she wants to sing. Like that's like something that like a dream of hers that she wants to do. It's like she can't say that outright. It's like I'm ready to prove vocally. Like, I don't know. It just feels weird. And I think she feels makes a lot of sense because like her husband is not ever going to let that happen. Like he can build her all the studios and like pay guys to come over and tell her that she's a good singer. But when it comes down to it, it's like you get one song and that's it. Yeah. She's she's timid about it because I think she's worried that I think she's just constantly worried that her husband's going to be mad at her. Yeah. Which is kind of dark. It's the whole energy of like the singing career is actually like extremely dark energy. Also, the way Melissa asks things of Jesus, it's like very pagan. It's super pagan. And it's also like Jesus isn't doing this for you. Like you're not seeing this or what it truly is, which is just like a like you're a bird in a gilded cage. You have freedom. You have the illusion of freedom but actually no actual freedom. She also, but that's just like not how you pray. <laughs> like there is a right way. <laughs> Thank like, you, Jesus. Thank you. Like, give it please, to me, Jesus. Jesus. Give please, it to me, Jesus. Jesus. Let it's me like, have a singing career. That's not what, that's not, I mean, I guess there's no wrong way to pray, but 
if it if there is a wrong way, it's that. Yeah. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. A new quarter brings new goals, but what about your skincare goals? Small, easy changes in your routine can have amazing results, and your secret weapon should be Dime Beauty. Dime Beauty is clean, high end skincare that is affordable and it really works. Dime didn't sacrifice performance just to make it clean either. And when I say clean, Dime is 100% transparent about every single ingredient, so you can use their products daily with confidence. I have been using Dime Beauty's TBT cream and their Dewy Daily Cream. TBT cream is a retinol alternative that I put on at night before I go to bed, and it's actually been making my skin look glowy and snatched if I do say so myself. I've noticed that and I think our listeners have noticed too because I've been picking up on a bunch of TikTok comments that have been like, you're glowing recently. So hats off to Dime. No one has time to remember the order of a 10-step skincare routine. The work system from Dime Beauty has everything you need in one powerful package. It includes a gentle cleanser, a toner, two incredible serums, and two luxurious moisturizers. Plus, my favorite, Dime's TBT cream is finally back in stock. Check that out while you're there. Dime has over 2 million happy customers, and their product reviews are literally all five stars. This year, love your skin again. Go to DimeBeautyCO.com now and unlock your discount. That's DimeBeautyCO.com. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know that hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine? That is where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered showerhead. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free. Installation is a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement, unlike any others on the market. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. 
Even better, our listeners can use code SEXYUNIQUE at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry! Your hair and skin will thank you. Sibling fights are unavoidable, but what if every fight you had was under a microscope on a global scale? That's the reality for brothers Prince William and Prince Harry. They were each other's closest friends and allies since the death of their mother, Princess Diana. But that all began to crack as they married and took wildly different approaches to their royal duties. Wondery's podcast, Disintel, is hosted by comedians Sidney Battle and Matt Belisai. Each episode unpacks one of pop culture's most iconic celebrity feuds, and they recently took a deeper look into the real reason William versus Harry started. It's actually much bigger than these two brothers, stretching back into the history of the British monarchy. Did their feud start with the royal family's mistreatment of Meghan Markle, or was it something that started much earlier? Follow Disintel on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. I love that the soul diggers come over to work with Melissa. They work with Beyonce and... And Britney. And Britney. But I and, guess times are tough because now they're taking <laughs> on the... I feel like they got paid like pretty well to come over here, though. And... Oh like, yeah. Be complicit in the lie. And I also love <laughs> I also love Anthony Batar, her like theater gay that Joe yeah. hired. Like what a mashup of sensibilities. Right. He walks in and he goes, Joe goes, You're late. I like the way Joe talks to gay men. <laughs> it's like a little flirty. Yeah. But also like domineering. He knows his audience. Like he knows like I have he- yet to meet a gay man that is not attracted to Joe Gorga. Deeply attracted. Deeply attracted. It's in like the I would DNA. Turn re- I would like turn red if he looked at me. Yeah. And kind of flirted with you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can both be like, it's interesting because with him, I can both be like disgusted by him, but also deeply turned on. That's a really com- like, that's a comforting place for me to exist with him. So Joe Gorga pours everyone some wine and they gather around the piano. Her kids gather and Anthony goes, do, 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 do. And then Melissa sings, I can see the weight of the world coming down on me. And you can see the producers are trying to vibe, but they're like, there's no vibe to be had. They are truly just like sipping champagne and being like, what the fuck are we doing here? (laughs) And like, I love Antonia's like British flag sequin hoodie that she's wearing. i know melissa's very pitchy she she gets through she her bad yeah her high note is like and at the end of it she goes sorry no <laughs> and then sorry. also there's a p- marketing like a i forget what her cry on was but her name was mita and oh, she's yeah. like a marketing specialist and there's one moment where you see mita's face while melissa is singing and she is not do- making any attempt to hide her disdain. Like, it truly is, like, an honest woman amongst us all. And Mita is not having it. And is just, like, Doesn't sitting there. Yeah, I was into it. I was like, Mita, I need to bring, like, Mita. I bring, I think, generally, like, Mita energy to things that I'm not into. Because, like, I can't. I also am a kind of person that, like, can't really hide my facial expressions. Um, when something ain't rat, but so I really related to Mita in that moment. I was like, I see you, I feel you. Also, just that Melissa's like, we were introduced these these producers through our attorneys. I'm like, what? Okay, so random. Um, and then so the then, soul, so then the soul diggers they say one of them goes, 
I have been singing, like working in music ever since I was like a child, basically. And I know when someone's a good singer. And I thought he was literally going to be like, and you are not that great, but we'll figure it out. He goes, you are a great singer. You've got it. And the other one's like, and the other one's like, all right. He's like, that said, you do. There's we got a lot of work ahead of us. You're gonna have to be in the studio all the time, and then you see Joe Gorga just go like, He's and then have to get ready. Joe, like sometimes you'll be in the studio for like you know twelve to fifteen hours. Joe Gorga then goes, "I can build a studio in our basement." <laughs> so he just wants to imprison her, basically. Yeah. There's will be no leaving the house to go to a studio where you go work for 15 hours because she's a mother she has a kids has a family but there's no studio for 15 hours no wife of mine so he's gonna build her like a a studio slash prison in their giant basement and keep her there and she can never leave yeah the studio is gonna be like the studio like the torture chamber in that jennifer lopez movie where they like enter a dream world to try and find that serial killer yeah what is that movie called so good cell the cell that's the studio is like the serial killer's lair where he like hangs himself up by his back body piercings and like jerks it to dead bodies (laughs) vincent d'onofrio yeah vincent d'onofrio noted creepster vincent d'onofrio it's a horrifying Car- movie. Creepster character actor, I should say. Not noted, because I think he's fine. And then Melissa's like, thank you, Jesus. Joe takes all the soul diggers down to the basement to like show them. He's like, it was going to be my wine room, but now I'll make it a studio. And it's like just literal prison. But it's it like looks a French a- Revolution prison. Clearly they were, yeah, it's like very reign of terror, but clearly they were already going to build a studio because it literally looks like a studio. Yeah. And it's like, okay, if that's what you need, like, I love the, I love when people are like playing into the storyline, like as though it's very organic, but it's clearly kind of like a scripted plan scene. They did a good job of it. Like I wasn't mad at it. And then Melissa goes, thank you, Jesus. And everyone goes, thank you, Jesus. And then it's all, thank Jesus. Everything's fine. So then we cut to the Judai's house of woe. Teresa's skirting down the... I think that all the kids are away for the night. And Teresa's skipping down the hall, the corridor. All dolled up. High, I think like a pleather skirt. Black pleather skirt. Red bottom furry boots. She looks amazing. She looks great. She looks like a fucking supermodel. All the stress of the situation, I think, has caused her to just, like, shed a bunch of weight. And now she's, like, living, laughing, and Louboutining down the hallway to go, like, meet Joe in the kitchen, who's using his, like, slap chop to just, like, whip up, like, a fucking shrimp pasta dish. Teresa truly looks like... I was just, like, she was giving me runway. Yeah, she was was owning a... She and Joe are having a romantic... You know, they can't go. Joe's like, because they can't really go out to eat because they can't afford it. They have to yeah. kind of. It's really because, sweet, though. Because I'm doing something a little bit different tonight. We're going to have a living room picnic. And then you pan to the living room where they have no furniture. And there's just like some fabric on like an apple box. And I was literally screeching. I was like, whoa, things are like truly they just have a massive fireplace Family photos, 
and like a crate with some fabric and that yeah, is like a- the extent they have one like banquet chair thing in the center of the room but aside from that all their possessions are gone i was like whoa it is dire like a- straits at the judy everything's house everything is just like gold fat it looks like the it looks like the living room's the set of the nutcracker and like a ballet like yeah big empty living room it's real beauty and the beast on broadway vibes um joe goes he made a shrimp pasta and they sit on the floor and then looks great joe goes with all the bull crap going on (laughs) he's like you think we'd hate each other but i think it's brought us closer together and Teresa's like yeah and then Teresa, they they talk about joe's ex part business partner who's suing him so he's being sued for fraud because his partner is saying that he signed a document for a loan and Joe is saying it's not true. And then they kind of like briefly yeah. talk about it, but then they're like, they go, you live and learn cheers. And then they both like cheers. And Joe's like, whatever the partner says, it's not true, which is classic Joe. Whenever he says that, you know, it's absolutely true. And you're going to jail. But Teresa, you can see the hint of you can just see Teresa's lack of faith in Joe. No, Teresa's I think Teresa's very shaken by like everything yeah. and has now entered like a realm of personal hell that most of us will never know. She's in private hell. She's in a full like private hell lockdown style. And Joe goes, uh, God bless and uh love you. <laughs> I was like, he forged the, the, he forged his name. He forged his signature. How, you can't the, forge he, your own signature. No, he. I think he forged the business partner's signature. Oh, like he's a fu- that. Oh, he forged because I was like, I don't understand what's going on. Yeah, I think oh. he. I think he signed documents using the business partner's signature that was not his own to get money. Fuck. Yeah. Oh my god! Don't ever do that. He's Not a Joe it. is a he is a crook. Also, his he recently a, appealed for a a new like trial to get yeah to reinstated come in America. It got denied. Go well. Yeah, he's gonna he's never coming back. You don't think? So? Um, I can't believe no. he didn't. I can because he seems like not the smartest guy, but like cannot believe he didn't get citizenship. Well, apparently, Teresa's dad. R.I.P. Nono was um, always telling him that he needed yeah, to. He never listened because he's entitled. He thinks he can get away with anything. What an anyway. idiot! Anyways, God bless and so we, God bless you. and uh, love you. Then we cut to the Wakili's. I don't care. I don't fucking <laughs> care about Kathy's restaurant journey. I, you know, I was like excited. The only I didn't th- know I realized where the- this was gonna go because I like can't remember this season. I don't think I ended up watching this season like back in the day. Um, yeah. Like when Staub was gone, it really like the world lost its luster for me. But <laughs> Kathy goes, "When you don't dream, you don't live. When you don't dream, you don't live." And she's back in her same. So this was either filmed on the same day or she's wearing the same outfit. Yeah, she's dressed like Annie Hall. And they go um, <laughs> the third the third restaurant they go to is like a primary color Suspiria like original Suspiria restaurant. This restaurant, first of all, she's like this. Re- 
the last restaurants she was at, she was like, they're too big. I want something small. This restaurant is palatial. It's Huge. bordello red and it's hideous. <laughs> and she goes, oh, I love it. She thinks this place has great vibes. There's a horrendous chandelier hanging from the ceiling and she goes, oh, it's so beautiful. That chandelier. I was like, are we, uh, is she on PC? Like, am I on PCP <laughs> right now? Because you're on PCP, Kathy is on mushrooms. This is the, I think like it was one of the ugliest restaurants I've ever seen. Kathy goes, I picture the live band, the belly dances, a few tokes on the hookah and everyone gets in the mood. I was like, wait, what? Like, when did this restaurant become like a Middle Eastern like cuisine? I thought this was like Italian. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? That's when I knew. That's when I knew something ain't right. Uh, my re- I was like, where are they going with this restaurant storyline? And then Joe's like, you think some, some women, c- we could get in on some of that action? And then Kathy's like, it's a couple. I was like, are they swingers? Kathy and Rich? No. No. Too wholesome. Too wholesome, yeah. I don't see it for them. Also, the <clears throat> the guy who owns it is like <laughs> such a mobster. Mm-hmm. the guy he's like she's like They're, why it's so great why are they trying to sell it and i was like something went wrong here uh yeah someone's like life has been threatened and like at least a kneecap it's has like been some broken. kind of car- it's a fire sale it's like an ozark shit yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um joe gorga yeah, we- is back to building melissa's fucking cage well first melissa's feeding her son who's like mommy i want you to feed it to me and she's like i'm worried that he's gonna grow up to be like his dad and i'm like can't keep babying you because then you're gonna turn out like your dad she says as she like spoon feeds him like bite by bite some waffles and i was like yeah he will turn like give it to me give me give me um joe has like a bunch of italian cronies in his basement Mm -hmm. he's just speaking in italian to them he's joking with them I was loving speaking his Italian moment with the construction workers. He's building a studio for Melissa. And at one point he tells Melissa, Melissa comes downstairs and she's like, I love it. She's like, it feels kind of small. And Joe's like, Joe's like, no, this is how big it's like Joe figured it out. Yeah. Melissa wants her sound booth or whatever for her to like record her vocals, which is like small. But I got that one seemed very small. Then he's like, maybe we'll get a two-way mirror so me and all the producers, I can be here watching you and you won't even know it. I was like, ooh. And, and then you see you see Melissa's face at that moment and she actually looks terrified. Yeah, she didn't like that. Yeah, she she was like embarrassed. She was like, Joe. And he's like, he's like, I'll be sent. He's like, you'll be in here with the producers and I'll be here for hours watching you. You won't ever know kind of scary yeah he's scary but it's also ugh, it's you know, like kind of hot gonna make her like strip in the studio i know like everything they do is like weird but also hot i think cause yeah. it's like it's consensual like she is like consenting to it all so it's yeah. like okay i now want to read her book i do too let's buy it and do a bonus episode about it okay we'll do that um lauren i love lauren and jacqueline together they seem like i know bosom buddies i know but they're walking up to the hoboken apartment 
and uh, Lauren tells Jacqueline that she hates girls. Yeah. So I was immediately like, oh, she doesn't have any girlfriends. No, that's why you would start dating your brother's best friend and like yeah. just want to hang out with your brothers all the time and feel so lonely. Lauren, Lauren says it seem like the kind of girl that would like hang out with other women. Lauren is jealous of any girl. She's like, there better not be any girls here. Like hanging but, with my brothers. And I was like, I wrote unhealthy. Yeah. But I also get the sense that Caroline Manzo doesn't have many girlfriends. No. Caroline also is weird and like threatened by Lauren. Yeah. She kind of she's, puts she's Lauren mean. down. She nags Lauren all the time. She's mean to her. We'll get to that later. But Caroline, I'm not a fan of the way she talks to Lauren. Yeah. And I think, I think Lauren's like internalized misogyny is learned yeah um straight from the source i just wrote their greg gay jokes are stupid i know i know you know i i know greg like i've met him in real life he's wonderful and like i think he's so funny and like i'm sure that it's all like in good humor but it was just like he's he's like these are yeah. jokes of another time where literally every time Greg's on the screen with other people, he's like, his gayness is the butt of the joke. Yeah. And, and I and get it because it's like these, they probably don't hang out or know any other gay people but Greg. But thank so God it's, it's Greg because Greg is so whip smart and like can totally like troll them. Like as, you know what I mean? Like he it's takes funny. it in stride. He takes it in stride, but he, he also knows how to like dish it back, which is great. Yeah. Um, I just wrote, I can't, in. I can't get over that witch chair. The witch chair is wild. They're all the decor in this apartment is truly they've, insane. They've leopard chairs. Yeah. They're tiger print. I kind of liked those tiger, tiger print. print chairs. Yeah, I did. I did too. But like, they really need to work on their lighting. What's the overhead lighting situation is so oppressive. Fluorescent. And then Jacqueline goes, what bitches have been in here cleaning for you? <laughs> and then Jack- they go, the only bitch in here is Dolores. And then someone goes, I thought you were going to say the only bitch in here is Greg. And I was just like, my God. I went like this. Mm-mm. Don't um, you got him. God, I was thinking how cool it would have been to have Jacqueline as an aunt. Yeah. She'd be fun. She would be like, come on. We're going to go to New York. She's wild. She'll take you out. She'll let you have like a glass of wine. She'll let you get a little drunk at her house. Mm-hmm. She'll call you the I'd, Uber. She'll send I would have like totally really like. I would have like come out to her when I was like seventeen. Yeah, she would have loved it. Should have been like, I won't say anything. I won't say anything. Um, good. Lauren feels Lauren, left out and cries. She goes. I'm upset. And she walks, she stands up from the witch chair and and walks out of frame. And then everyone goes and consoles her on the couch. She starts crying into Jacqueline's arms. And then she looks over and Greg's like rolling his eyes at her. And Lauren goes, Greg, stop giving me that look. Yeah. Greg's just like, what the hell? I was even like, is this real? I know. Where is this coming from? Lauren feels so triggered by Greg. She's so triggered by Greg. Also, I get that. Like, like place. Greg also is like n- not really trying to hang with Lauren. 
and there's nothing a woman she's just <laughs> women not, like her there's nothing like worse. her there, there's nothing worse to a gay man than a woman like lauren but also like if a gay man doesn't like you mm-hmm. oh yeah true <laughs> i want you to like me desperate like desperately wants to be liked by a gay man but you like, ain't happening sister no i i think they're actually like best friends yeah i'm best, also best just friends. beast best friends but yeah lauren starts crying jacqueline consoles her and then at one point chris chris and albie get up and they come back and they give her a key to the apartment and she lights up yeah and they're like come chris- over anytime and they go, but call for knock first. Like Chris goes, they're just going to be like plowing bitches in the apartment. Oh, they're going to be like farting and yeah, they're like farting and like scratching their balls and sniffing their hands. <laughs> Chris goes, I was going to give you a key for Chris, the key for Christmas. And they go, oh, and I wrote sad face. Mm. I was like, that's oh, what an honor. What an honor. Now I can drive an hour over to Hoboken and yeah. come into your stinky apartment. Neat. And watch and the sunset. Up. And be and so far up. away from Manhattan, the place that I really want to be. Awesome. And sit on your couches that smell like fart. Yeah. And watch like fucking Sunday football. My literal version of hell. <laughs> <laughs> Hoboken would depress the hell out of me. Hoboken on a Sunday surrounded by straight men farting and watching NFL, I'd rather die. Mm -hmm. Then the next day, Caroline and Lauren deliver the feather Christmas tree. Well, at one point, really quick, Jacqueline's setting up for the party with her her dad and she goes, I hope (laughs) she goes, (laughs) she goes. Teresa flipped the table. Joe pounded it on one. And she goes, she pauses and she goes, one day the tables will fight back. <laughs> what? Like, what machinations does she have? I know. She is like channeling. I love her channeling table energy. Yeah. Um, And then, so yeah, they deliver the green boa tree. And caroline and her talking head has the most insane flat ironed hairstyle i've ever seen in my life that was really crazy i don't even understand how like she got her hair to go that flat and straight no it felt truly otherworldly and i was i was not okay it's like she's like a sci-fi hair mm -hmm. she's she's a cylon cylon but at one point Lauren's like, oh, because they're doing, they have like a step and repeat. It's, Lauren's like. A step and repeat? Feels. At the house? Yeah, they have like a, a thing like to walk in for the Christmas party. They're having a Christmas party and Lauren's feeling already like nervous about it because she's, she knows she's going to not get all the attention at the party. Oh, for the and, Albie and Chris's Christmas party? Yeah. Oh. They have like a little like fake step and repeat thing in their hallway it's like a joke i guess oh i didn't even see that and lauren's like hey i'll i'll write all your names on stockings and caroline trolls her and goes what with a marker that's ugly (laughs) and then caroline's like do you have any glue and glitter 
or no, Lauren's like, do you have any glue or glitter? And she's like, yeah, they have lots of glue and glitter here. I was like, shut the fuck up, Caroline. Yeah, Caroline's she's trolling just trying to be her. helpful. But also, Lauren Stop just has like a bad attitude. She's like victim-y. She is victim-y, but I was like, but I, I, I kind of understand why. Yeah. So her mom is like, you're such a fucking loser, Lauren. Like, she's basically gang. She's because she want because Caroline wants to be like the cool the cool girl with all the guys. Mm-hmm. So she wants to be like <laughs> I can I can hang with the boys and be mean to the other women. Why doesn't Lauren get to move out? She has to stay home. Yeah. What do they even do? Do the Chris and Albie even have jobs? I don't think they do. I don't know. I feel like their job the is maybe being on the show. Yeah. And, and Blackwater. Blackwater and beyond that, unclear. Unclear. Um, but then we get truly the treasure of New Jersey. Kim G. Kim G. Opens up Jacqueline, her palatial mansion to Jacqueline. To Jack- Jacqueline's like, I still like Kim G. We still hang out. I love their friendship. It's so it's so real. It's real. Kim G goes, come in. You look pretty. I love the olive green. She has one of those staircases that has like a landing and then like two staircases on either side. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jacqueline's like, wow, I love this renovation you've done. And then Kim G starts. She goes, yeah, you know, I wanted to get it redone. She goes, you know. I wanted to celebrate me getting a gift to myself after getting over. Well, I had a brain tumor. Yeah. Which was a shock to me. No one ever talked about Kim G's brain tumor where they like took out part of her skull. She's like, she was like, when I moved in here, I just kind of bought things and threw them all about because I'd had a brain tumor. And then like she's makes care. She makes Jacqueline like feel her missing skull piece. She goes, feel it. You feel that? Missing my, a part of my skull is missing. Do you feel it right here? Jacqueline's like, you can see, you can also tell Jacqueline doesn't fully believe her. Yeah, I believe her, though. She's like, oh, yeah. Props to Kim G. She goes, celebrated. She got a fucking new chandelier and some new teeth. Queen of getting over brain tumors. Yeah. She will not let a brain tumor slow her down. Queen of walking around with a piece of her skull missing. Yeah. And then they take a seat on her, this beautiful yellow floral couch that she has. I was that I love that couch. There uh Kim G's eating like a pastrami sandwich and her little hands, the way she holds them. At one point she starts laughing and she has both her hands up and she goes <laughs> <laughs> She starts just rattling off stories about Teresa and Joe's financial and legal problems, like stories in the press god i was so pissed that jacqueline just like kept shutting her up because i wanted to know all the juicy goss like they're not really letting a lot of that penetrate the show and i Mm -hmm. need someone like kim g who's just here to talk shit obsessively about them and like jacqueline she's trolling jacqueline so jacqueline keeps going shut your mouth yeah jacqueline also is like i cannot like have this conversation with you because Teresa will fully go Momo on me and like eat my face. If you like, if we have this, if this conversation comes to fruition. So she just keeps interrupting her and Kim G's like, well, my girlfriend said, and she goes, tell your girlfriend to shut the fuck up. Kim G also just, she lives to make people upset. Yeah. 
And Kim Ji goes, I'm not going to. I like her. <laughs> I just love, but that's like a, like Jacqueline just telling Kim Ji to shut the fuck up too. Like, it's just that they're like actually friends. Yeah. That was like a friend move. Um, then Monica Chacon. Monica Chacon. God bless her soul. And her sharp Has been bob. texting Kim Ji. Because she has an inside track. She's Joe's partner's lawyer's wife. Wife. So she knows everything and is ready to start spreading those rumors all over town. And then we cut to Joe and Teresa driving home in their white range from their court date. Their white Mercedes. The white Mercedes. And you just hear Joe go, shut up, Tree. Leave me alone. Yeah, they've spent the entire day in court. And anytime Tree talks, she's being told to shut up by her husband. So then we and then we cut to the brownstone and Kathy and Rich are meeting Albert Manzo to talk about like starting a restaurant. And Albert, when they tell him their dream of opening a restaurant, he straight up laughs in their face. He's so condescending. So condescending. I wrote, what a hater. Also, I was like, you own a catering hall. Yeah. Like you own a, you own a banquet hall. Like it's not Caesar's palace. They're like, we'd love He's to like, open a restaurant someday. And he goes, ha, 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 ha. I'll tell you something oh. I learned on 9-11. <laughs> and I know. When he, like, when he's, what? When, Jesus. <laughs> he brought 9-11 like, into it. Bringing 9-11 into it. We were not kidding around. We were he's like, <laughs> what's not ready for a 9-11 anecdote? I wrote, I'm done with this scene. <laughs> Caroline wrote, she goes, Albie inherited the restaurant. The the brownstone right after his father died, and I wrote correction. His father got fucking whacked. Yeah, right after his father got whacked. Caroline goes also, when you say when you say blood blood sweat and tears. That place was born in blood sweat and tears, and I was like, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, because your father got brutally murdered by the fucking mob <laughs> to hand down the banquet hall to Albert Senior. The nine eleven thing, I like disassociated. I love what he learned on 9-11 was like how important his business is. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. And that's like, I mean, any time of tragedy is truly like the only thing you do really learn is like, you're just learning about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. He's I like, love, I'll tell you something I learned on 9-11. On 9-11. He starts Casually. like, and you just see Kathy and Rich are like, they probably like smoked a little in the car and they're just like, they were not ready for a place of 9-11. No one's ever <laughs> ready to go to a place of 9-11 in a conversation. But, but you know what? It just it just happens. But yeah, sometimes when people... 9-11 comes up a lot. It does come up a lot. And when people unexpectedly bring 9-11 into the mix, I'm always like, tell me everything. Because I know they're about to say some crazy shit. You don't go to a place of 9-11 unless you're really trying to like make your crazy ass point. I know. And then but I have no choice to go to a place of Greg where I'm internally eye rolling, but I'm like, tell me everything. Tell me more. Yeah, tell me But more. also, like, honestly, place of 9-11 comes up more than you think. Uh, everyone's, there's... Trauma, the trauma, we are so traumatized by 9-11 that it literally, it's like, there's a part of our brains that's always just like, bring it up! Someone bring it up! No, I'm obsessed with... I'm obsessed with 9-11 and I'm obsessed with going to a place of 9-11. 9-11 was honestly my 9-11. Me too. But also like, do you know what I'm talking about? There's like, there's like a little part of our 
our psyches that's just like desperately waiting for someone to bring it up. Oh, yeah. Like, let's go back there and like talk about it. Like, I'm not going to talk about it, but I really want you to go there and talk about it. Same. Same. And like, I will every so often just watch like videos of it on YouTube. I think that's... Uh, guess what? That's my truth. Because it's, it's truly unbelievable. It's unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> I still can't believe it happened. I was 12 when it happened and I still can't believe it. I was a junior in high school. God. It's like, it's, I mean, it's, it is the most. It was unbelievable. I remember I was in Catholic school and I went to school that day. I was late as usual to school, but on the radio, I was like, before I left the house, like heard that nine 11 was happening. Then on the radio, it was like fully happening. I got to school and I was like, well, thank God I have like an excuse. I'll be late to school. I won't get detention. And I was like the nut, like the fucking like intake nuns were like, why are you late? And I was like, um, hello like it's nine it's like nine eleven out it's there it's nine eleven you you already adapted you were already no like, i already 9/11. was like using i was like yeah went right to a place of nine eleven with them and they were like they did not care they gave me detention anyways on fucking nine eleven. i was like you are fully soulless i had a i had a world war ii vet who was a substitute teacher he was like infamous and he he like just out of nowhere went uh if a plane was stuck, did I ever tell you, did I tell you this? No. He like, he just started, like, he, we didn't, none of us knew, I was in seventh grade, none of us knew about it, and he just went, if a plane were to crash through our window right now, we would all be dead immediately. And uh, we all, I started laughing, we all started laughing, because we were like, what the fuck are you talking about? And then he came over and got in my face. Uh, I was like, one of like, eight people laughing, and he came and yelled at me, and he was like, you think it's funny? When I go to the memorials in DC and I cry when I see my friends' names and like all this shit. And I just, oh I was like, God. so embarrassed. And everyone was like looking down and like kind of laughing still at me for getting <laughs> reamed out. And I, I had that. no, and he didn't, he didn't say anything about it. And then the next period, my nice geography teacher was like, okay, here's what happened. And we were like, oh. <laughs> Oh, so you guys had no idea, and he went no! to a place. He went to a place he of nine eleven before world... you even entered the nine eleven building. No, he went to a place of World War Two during that. Like he was like he, he was living his own war trauma, which I totally get. But like I was, we had not been told the information, so he was. He just said that out of nowhere, and I was truly horrified because <laughs> oh, I didn't know what he was talking about. Yeah, and you didn't even know that nine eleven was happening. No, and then as he period, was speaking, they. And then the next period, he was like, my other teacher was like, there was a terrorist attack. And we were like, okay, well, that's and like I was, a little fir- bit preemptive and, of him. And my first, I, my first question was, in my head, I was like, what's a terrorist attack? I didn't know. Oh, yeah. I was well-versed in terrorism because of the oh, Oklahoma City the Oklahoma bombing, City. That's which true. I literally heard happen. No, that's insane. And so that was like fully, like, I mean, I just lived in a world where that kind of stuff happened, like, pretty normally, which is no, why I, I mean, feel like when 9-11 happened, I was like, hey, don't write, give me detention. Like, we're back. We're right back where we started from in 1995. So, like, give me a break. That was crazy. I kind of remember the Oklahoma City. I remember hearing about it. Yeah, but I was, was fully 
That was wild. Like, I remember that day so clearly. Anyway. Anyways, terrorism. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. I just took things to... You know, what? that's the thing about terrorism is you can take it to that place anytime. The thing about terrorism... Um, so the bottom line, though, is that Kathy and Rich aren't going to do a restaurant after all. So all no, they were that like, was truly they were like, for nothing. We just watched a bunch of just like nothing for nothing's sake. But also it kind of felt like Albert. I was like, cool. Like, wait, I mean, but be it was realistic. Also a chance but to like have a 9-11 moment. Yeah, he was this just. This whole storyline was, was just leading up to what Albert the was, what he Albert think, he woke up nine eleven. <laughs> he was he woke up that morning thinking about nine eleven. Yeah, and the the producers of the show were like, "Okay, we're gonna need to work nine eleven in here somehow." So like, let's do like a store. Like, how can we do that? And came up with this storyline. Yeah. And I love that. Like, the conclusion of everything is like nine eleven, and we won't my, do a restaurant. My friend passed on nine eleven. And it taught yeah. me about how important making food is. How important so, catering is. Do you, how important is food to you? Is, do you have a 9-11 level of respect for the restaurant that you're going to make? And they're like, actually, Kathy, no. <laughs> yeah, Kathy was like, you know what? I, I don't. <laughs> I'll Not just stick really. to like low-key <laughs> under-the-table catering moments with like yeah, friends and family. Make some dessert for my, fa- for my friends and charge like 30 bucks. Imagine her and Chris, like, or her and Rich just, like, driving home being like, fuck. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) They had, like, a long, thoughtful conversation about 9-11, and, like, the kids all had plans and sleepovers that night, and Kathy and Rich just, like, got a little wine drunk, and, like, she cooked them dinner, they smoked a little J afterwards, and, like, had really emotional, like, beautiful sex. And, like, thanks to 9-11, they were able to have that moment. They made love. They made they made love. Yeah. They in, they invoked the spirit of nine eleven into love making and realized truly what's most important to them is their relationship and their family. And then they woke up the next morning and just kind of made coffee and Kathy just came down and Rich was already sitting downstairs and she looked over at him, he looked over at her and she went. <laughs> and they just held each she reached out her hand and he just touched it and then she started making breakfast mm-hmm. um speaking of 9-11 so Jacqueline is making um <laughs> she's starting Jacqueline's hired she's a getting, chef <laughs> it looks so good the chef is this uh, lady chef so good she has all these amazing like cheeses and meats and Jacqueline goes I'm gonna pick and you just see her picking 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 and I loved it I love a chef too. Like I trusted this chef based on like her outfit and her vibe was very much like business. And she was wearing like black, like Air Max Nikes. And I was like, this is a chef Maybe. on the move. Yeah. She had like very like powerful lesbian vibes. Yeah. I wanted to fuck her. I'll say it. Um, do it. She loves Jacqueline goes, I love cheese. And I went, that's me. <laughs> Same. Um, Jacqueline, so Teresa and Joe come over, and they're waiting outside. Teresa, or first, well, first, first, the Manzos come. Lauren Manzo is dressed like Liza Minnelli performing at the wedding <laughs> in Sex in the City too. <laughs> <laughs> if you like it, then you can go to ring on it. Don't be scared if it ain't and he want it. Yeah, she is fully Liza. 
And um, Teresa is wearing three different furs. And they're carrying also yeah. a bottle of Vuv. Like, they are truly, they are trying to, like, pretend that nothing is awry. And I'm, like, yeah. every element of their Everything party is vibe awry. is a red flag. Three different furs is a sign that you have no furniture. <laughs> if you show up wearing a chinchilla, like a coyote, and, like, a fox mm-hmm. coat, I'm going to go straight to the realization that you have no other possessions in this world. And they're waiting outside, and Joe Judice goes, it's cold out here. You're going to leave us out here? What took you so long when Jacqueline finally answers the door? He goes, you're like a slow poke. It's freezing out here. <laughs> Teresa, and Jacqueline pulls Teresa into, like, the psychic Tia room, and she's like, hey, girl, like, saw something on Radar dot online. Like, what the fuck's going on? Did you have something happen in court today? And Teresa's like, she's like, yeah, I saw Monica Chacon, and I went up to her, and I just said, like, I appreciate it if you stop talking about this in public. And then I moved on. And then he cut to Joe Judice and he's with Chris and Albert. And he goes, my wife's fucking crazy. My she's going to kill me. Nuts. Teresa does a classic thing. She does when you're like, Hey, I heard you like physically assaulted someone. She's like, I just asked her how she was doing. What? And it's like, no, that's code for like, you literally shoved her and like broke her neck. Yeah. And then like, Teresa, sh- yeah. it turns out she shoved Monica Chacon in the courtroom. And Joe had to literally pull her away. He's really <laughs> mad at her because she made a total scene at court. Uh, and yeah, she was brawl. She like assaulted someone. Yeah, yeah, assaulted the wife of the lawyer who's representing the person suing her husband. Yeah. Truly not a well thought out move. Yeah. Teresa, like she the place of momo is so real and tree like she cannot stop it and even she goes to jacqueline she goes i wasn't gonna but it's like silence the lamb like i was like silence the lamb you mean silence Silence the the lamb yeah (laughs) i wasn't gonna but it's like silence the lamb remember in um uh selling sunset when the israeli woman went the silence of the lamb (laughs) No, no, oh, okay. But I love that. I know I didn't watch that whole show. Oh, there's this part. There's this part where all the women in the Oppenheim group are just like awkwardly. It's like there's a t- everyone had had like a fight, so it's really tense and it's silent. And then this Israeli woman out of nowhere just goes, <laughs> she goes, "The silence of the lamb." And then one of them goes, pauses and goes, "What?" And she goes, "The silence of the lamb." And they're all like, "What?" <laughs> so weird <laughs> i love she was that to, she, she thought it meant like being quiet uh, anyway yeah um, no, i love people misinterpreting the silence of the yeah. lambs ashley so then, reveals herself and she's sexy now yeah she is she's she, like she her, made that car she got just like fucking reignited and like lizzie grubman's like the coke bumps lizzie like slips to her at the internship have really yeah. like breathed a new breath of You're life into hot. ashley i'm fucking hot now and she goes that's the thing about my mom wherever there's drama she tries to put herself in it that's why she was friends with danielle i wrote boom Shut up. boom but also so true yeah um she knows her mom so then Teresa's sitting in the other room and then you hear the doorbell ring and uh, Jacqueline goes, that might be your brother. Want to come to the door? And Teresa goes, no, I'll sit here. 
Then Joe and Melissa enter and Teresa immediately goes up to Joe and starts flirting with him. She goes, you look yeah. so thin. I was like, ugh, Teresa. I know. It was so weird. God. Ooh. She, she, when she gets drunk, she gets like a high-pitched voice and she went, you look so thin. And then Joe Gorga like, sees Greg and he goes, he goes, hey, what's up? Or he goes, hey, who are you? And Greg goes, I'm Greg. And he goes, hi, Greg. He goes, you're tall. And I got the chills. Oof. Yeah, I love it. I love to see them flirting. Then Joe tells Albie, he's like, you got to get a, he's like looking over at Melissa. He's like, you got to get a girl like that. She's like, you got to get a girl like that. Give her a little. Uh, uh. And like, basically. Joe Judice? No, Joe Gorga. He's like telling Albie and Chris, like they need to find a Melissa in their life. And then he like infers that he and Melissa just fuck nonstop. And Melissa's like, God, Joe. But but they become immediately the darlings of the party. Yeah, they work the room. Everyone's obsessed with them. Yeah. Caroline's so charmed. <laughs> Teresa is she's insanely fully, jealous. Yeah, she's in a, a full mental place of Momo, but knows that she can't. Like, she's already Momoed out Assault. on someone earlier. So, like, she's reached full Momo capacity. And now she only can dissociate and just hate stare at Melissa. Yeah, they're just everything they say. Everyone just laughs and laughs and laughs. The Judices used to be them and now it's them. No. Yeah. And then everyone dares Joe Gorga to like put on Jacqueline's dress like a jumpsuit and he does it and he like puts on a sequin jumpsuit and like runs around and high kicks and everyone's laughing and laughing and laughing. He looks great. He looked amazing and they look they are fun to have at the party. They're young and sexy. What's not to love? All the man. All the Manzo kids in their confessionals are like, we love the Gorgos. They're so fun. Yeah. Caroline's like, this is so fun. Everyone's like, how fun are these people? And Joe and Tree are truly, they've had the like most hellish day of their lives and then had to come to a party where their sworn enemies are like lauded and praised for being the best and most fun people ever. This is the worst Caroline, day in history. Caroline in her confessional, she goes, she goes, the Gorga, she goes, Melissa and Joe. But also, Joe Judice, though, while he was watching Joe Gorga, was grinning ear to ear. And he had he had almost like a teary glint in his eye. I think I think when he gets a little wind up, he gets a little like emotional. Sentimental. And I think I think he was he had a look of sentimentality on his face of like playing with Joe Gorga when they were kids, I think. And he was mm-hmm. just like watching his little brother and you could tell there was still love there yeah i think i love that interpretation he was just like he was he was grinning like he was yeah he needed a little drink or two to loosen up after this day and like he was not in like the darkest place but tree surprisingly tree was she was full lights out well just she and melissa almost get in a fight she yeah. almost takes it there. Because Melissa's like, you know, I she goes, I love my sisters. I couldn't live without them. And Teresa goes, I wish I had a sister. And then Melissa turns and goes, hello, you have one. And Teresa's like, well, I didn't think that because you always talk about your sisters. And then Melissa's like, well, blah, 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 blah. and then Caroline shuts it down. Yeah, Caroline goes, okay, okay, we know. 
And then the icing on the cake. Also, Melissa just must be. She and Joe went home and fucked like for four hours after this party. It was yeah. such a success. Like, and also Melissa's getting her ultimate comeuppance because not only does she go to the party, she's so hot. Her husband, everyone laughs and like loves them. She's like the center of attention. But then the icing on the cake is she gets to invite everyone at this party to her own Christmas party. Her amazing. That's. Truly an all amazing party. Teresa's friends in front of Teresa invites them all to her beautiful Christmas party. And you can tell at that point, both Tree and Joe are pretty pissed. Uh, Joe, while Gorga's running around in his outfit, Judice turns to Greg and he goes, Greg, if you dress like that and I was gay, I would not sleep with you. <laughs> and then Greg's like, so you're saying I have a chance? And Judice is like, Maybe. Yeah, it was a weird... They all, like... They all really, like, go... They all ask Greg, like, all these questions about being gay. Greg's they like, like, this pu- is, like, a regular Friday night for me. They're like, ah! They push... <laughs> it pushes... They push the envelope. Yeah. I wrote Gorga looks... Gorga looks lissom. Mm-hmm. He's so, like... He's so just, like, light on his feet. I know. Um, Judice, Melissa. I also love how Teresa, uh, Joe, while Melissa's inviting everyone, Judice just keeps asking Melissa over and over again, What time does the holiday party start? What time is the what party? time does the holiday party po- What time is the and she party? doesn't answer him? And then finally, she goes, Uh, like 7 38. Like, she, you, she doesn't really even invite them, they just invite themselves. Well, she's like invite. It's more about her publicly inviting everyone in the room, and then like yeah. that includes them. But I just know, I know exactly what she's doing in that moment. Is like she's mm-hmm. flexing and having doing a total power move at Teresa specifically to just like needle them, like the love way it. she goes about. I love it, and, and Teresa goes- is fully like eyes glazed over, and then she's like, "We have another party, but we'll try to come." Which is like, what other party do you have? Melissa goes, all right, come before or after. Like, she doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. And you can just tell Teresa's like. And then at one point, Melissa goes, everyone come here. And she goes, and the tall one, who's the tall one? I like him. And they're like, Greg. And she's like, yeah, bring him. Mm -hmm. The tall one. The tall one. Who's that tall one? Bring him. He's great. Well, the holiday party is amazing. Shit's going to go down. Also, Monica Ciccone comes to the holiday party. Yeah. And And Kim G. And And you know wherever Kim G shows up, drama's about to go down. Oh, yeah. I love also Kim G's, like, because of her brain tumor, she's turned into just, like, a sassy broad. Yeah, she's, like, had a new lease on life, and she doesn't give a fuck. She's like, life's too short not to speak up. That would be her housewife's tagline. Yeah, they did. They really have done Kim G dirty by not making her a full time housewife. We need more I'd Kim, watch D, Kim too. G. Yeah, I'd watch Kim G and Kim D like paint a spinoff. Wall. Yeah, I'd watch it. They should do a, a road, a buddy trip series. Kim and Kim take America. Like the simple life. Oh, we love to see it. And that's it for this episode. Well, 
Grazie, Tune Carol. in next week. Grazie. Grazie, Lars Maria. Um, Tune in next stay week. Stay safe. Stay safe. Follow Carrie. Follow Laura. Follow Laura at Lars Marie. Subscribe and to Patreon. Yeah, patreon.com slash sexy unique podcast. There's so much content on there. Like you honestly won't believe it how much you get. We're both on Cameo. You can, you know, get cameos from either of us. Uh, there's merch for sale. Merch for sale. Go to lar- go to sexyuniquestore.com and you can support the Federation. The Federation. Federation. And well. um that's uh that's that. Love and light, everyone. Love and light. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.